Hello, and thank you for downloading Discussing Documentaries with myself, Matt Wills, and Rick Wharton. And today's documentary is Michael Moore's Where to Invade Next. It was made in the year 2015. I had to buy it from Amazon twice because I'm an idiot. It made $4.46 million, which from a documentary point of view is superb. It was selected as one of the 15 shortlisted for an Oscar, but sadly it didn't get nominated. Um, the blurb of the film it's in the start of a travelogue and it has Michael Moore spending time in countries such as Italy, France, Finland, where he experiences these countries' alternative methods of dealing with social and economic ills that they're experiencing in the United States. And he's taking these ideals back to America to see if they can adopt some of them. Now, I'm a massive Michael Moore fan. Um, I saw his first film, Roger and Me about 2am one very stoned morning and I've read all of his books. Uh, he's a very he's a very depressing documentarian but he's always got his tongue firmly in his cheek so they're sort of interlaced with humour and depression. Nevertheless I find him quite a miserable man <laughs> and I, I, I genuinely I can't believe Rick that this is our first Michael Moore documentary. Oh, I didn't want to upset you. I didn't want to start with a, a balling for Columbine too soon out the gate. <laughs> I quite like that one. You said in another podcast why you watch yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, when I was a kid, I got, uh, I think it was like my 12th birthday, I got the movie Kingpin and I was a huge, I loved it. And I thought the secret to Kingpin was the subject of balling. So in, <laughs> so in blockbusters, when I see uh, a, a big chunky guy holding a bowling ball, and uh, the titles, like the blurbs from the um, like the press reviews, say hilarious, engaging, thought provoking. I went brilliant. It's another kingpin. So at the age of twelve, I went <laughs> went went and rented that from Blockbuster and sat and learned about the Columbine uh, high school shooting. Was that your first ever documentary? Do you think? Do you know what that might have been? Because do you think that is what started your? Because you you are. I mean, I love a documentary, right? When we first spoke about doing this, you said, well, give me an idea of what you like. And I sent you screenshots of 20 documentaries that I'd watched over that year. And I was just amazed. And I said to my missus, oh, I watch a lot of documentaries. And she was like, yeah, that's all you watch. But you, you surpassed me. And I thought I was a bit geeky on this stuff. But you watch a lot of documentaries. And that genuine mistake could have been why I've had to spend so much time with you recently. Definitely sparked it, but it's also things like a love of the office, Louis Theroux, big fan. And I think uh, Michael Moore is similar to Louis. Th He's like America's Louis Theroux for me because that is the only documenters out of those two that I want to see on film. Normally for me in a documentary, if you have to see the guy who's directing it, it's normally a, they don't have a lot of footage. I, the only other documentarian I know who's as, as well known is the German who's basically he's he's popped up on an, another couple we've we've done. It's Werner Herzog. Oh, which one? Which so other ones was he in? He um he's an exec producer on I think it's Grey State. Oh right, I, I had no idea on that though, and that's that's what I look forward to talking. Oh yeah, well that that's because you don't watch the credits. So I, I um, like a little surprise when I listen to the podcast back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Matt's done a bit more homework. <laughs> so anal. That, that's what this podcast could be called. Um. <laughs> now, Michael Moore, uh, like my good self, he's not aging that well. But I think he should definitely make his next documentary, not about the dangers of government, but the dangers maybe of carbohydrates or not getting enough exercise. He just doesn't look well. I think, And this was five years ago. I think he's going to have a lot of good footage for his next healthcare documentary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, is, that is cross-promotion it, synergy right there. Once he starts losing feet to diabetes and how much that costs, that's going to wake up the American people finally. <laughs> The weird thing is, right, so my missus works um, works in care and if they fixed all of the problems that she has to look at, she wouldn't have a job. So we wouldn't be able to pay our mortgage. So the fact that society is fractionally broken pays for my mortgage. It's a double-edged sword <laughs> in my house, I tell you, because I want it all fixed. But on the other hand, I need my mortgage paid for and she needs to pay for half of it. So, yeah. It's tough. Those those are the real parts of life that people don't talk about. I, I love that. You're like kind of like an admin in the SS going, well, if the war stops, we'll lose the car. So what do you want to happen, Nick? Exactly. That's, ex- that's exactly it, right? And it's really important. I like my Amazon Prime membership. I, <laughs> I don't agree with I'm the not- ethics, but we need that cash coming in. And basically, that's the whole film is that right so he looks at um, this documentary exactly proves your point wrong by the way i'm glad you brought that up early right doors. okay because effectively he uh, he looks at great bits around the world and then he, he says look come on we should we should take that to america and the film starts by him meeting the joint chiefs and saying, okay, guys, where should we invade next? And my whole problem with this documentary was the title, because it shouldn't be called Where to Invade Next. It just, that that to me seemed the most American title going, because it's it's so bullish and so confrontational. And especially, the, the reason for me why it was misleading is because of his other work, where when he says where to invade next, you actually think, because there's all kinds of conspiracy theories like the, the the countries that demand to be on the gold standard or something tend to get invaded by America pretty sharpishly or try to, to no longer right, use their banking true, yeah. system. Like I think Cuba, uh, South Korea, Iraq, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Kuwait. So all these countries that do it, all of a sudden within a few months, they've said something to America and they're like, what? There's a war. So you think it's kind there's of... There's people be- out there listening now who have studied politics, who are screaming at me and you going, you idiots, you two don't know nothing. Just so you know, that is partly true. But we get our news from a very small source, like probably the BBC, and we only skim read it. So, well, actually, I do. Well, actually, I don't anymore. I've stopped. But I'm assuming that's how you get your news right. It's it's amazing what filters into me because I don't look for it. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? If I see something in the news, it's because they want me to see it or I've got the wrong... Uh, Facebook uh, mark target marketed ads coming towards me. I was right. Yeah. I was writing a bit about um, Tommy Robinson, uh, right. the ex EDL member, and since I was googling him, that has fucked up my search history. <laughs> All I'm getting is adverts for uh, Saint George's flags, Heli, Heli Hansen jackets. 
Brilliant. And, and it's just... What's your problem with Heli Hansen? They're never going to be sponsors of the show, are they? This is the third time we've mentioned them, I'm sure. So, what was I going to say? So, yeah, yeah, it, it, I, I, I wouldn't pay much attention. And if you are a, a government and politics major and listen to this, don't you feel clever. Enjoy it, okay? This is what you can enjoy from this fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah, you've got two people to look down on, you know? Yeah, enjoy yeah. it, because we all, need, we all need that. But the main thing is about Michael Moore, it's the way they're put together. They're always in bite-sized chunks, very yeah. light-hearted, as you say, tongue-in-cheek, but the animation and the info that gets across in a short amount of time, mm. easily understandable, because you can watch some of these other ones and like some of the American ones when they talk about the problem of government. The minute I see a 55-year-old guy in a cowboy hat raising his cowboy hat up to talk to you about the fucking Bilderberg group or the NWO. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know if I trust you, Semity Sam, to tell me what's really going on in the world. So Michael Moore is like the other side of that. He's the dressed-down millionaire. He, yeah. He, yes, very much the dressed down millionaire. He looks, What's going he looks on with like a, baseball. To hats? me, Michael Moore looks like a guy, a comedian that does great in Edinburgh but isn't getting on TV. <laughs> and the footage, the footage they show at the beginning, this they say like, well, there's some things wrong with America, and then the footage they splice together. Even I mean, what year was this made, Matt? Two thousand and fifteen. So this is twenty fifteen, and they're showing the Ferguson riots. They're showing. The first protester, yeah. they, the first guy they strangled and police on his neck saying, I can't breathe. Yep. So, I mean, this is linked straight into this. Uh, they're, they're talking about uh, people having to freeze to death in their own homes in the land of the free. Yep. Uh, it's about uh, the voter suppression that's coming in black areas. So these are all yeah. major yeah, things yeah. that impact society. And uh, so he's going off and he's literally wants to take the best from around the world. Mm. Uh, of of their workers' rights and their social uh, their social uh, so their social infrastructure is what he's looking at. So the f- the first place he gans is uh, Italy. What what I liked about right because he knows his demographic right. So the couple that he chooses to spend a little bit of time with to go this is what America's like. What's Italy like? They are the best looking couple. You could, I think the, that's the best looking couple ever on any Michael Moore documentary. <laughs> they are nailed it, right? He, he, I mean, the geezer in that is better looking than the woman in that. He's, he's stunning to look at. And they keep showing them cuddling up, kissing, wearing bikinis. And that's just the guy, right? It was just, <laughs> they're constantly on holiday. And Michael Moore is shocked because um, the lady says to him, the Italians get 35 days holiday a year right that's and that's paid that's six weeks holiday a year 12 months national holidays and city holidays and then 15 more days if you get married plus the italians get an extra month's salary in december to pay for the up-and-coming holidays that you're going to be taking that is a chunk of time off. No wonder we had pictures of them always on holiday, because from a British point of view, they're always on bloody holiday. Oh, it's crazy. And if you think now, like we're kind of like, uh, can we pay a bit of money into the NHS? And you get called a socialist. <laughs> and then you look at Italy, and again, 35 days, an extra month's pay in December. And if you don't use them, it rolls over for next year. So this one guy has 85 days to take at his leisure. 85 days, yeah. Whereas, you know, Britain is mainly a use it or lose it status. January. Uh, Whereas in America, you don't even get the... They get 10 
days a year. And a lot of that, as Michael Moore says, is unpaid. Yeah, unpaid leave. You don't even get pa- unpaid you don't even get paternity leave in America. There's there's women due to the cost of having a child will have a baby in the morning and being back in work in the afternoon is like the the yeah. extreme examples of that. Compared to this, and it's just it just seems Again, because he goes around a lot of countries, uh, and me and Matt spoke about this off the podcast, and that is, there is a country he doesn't come to for anything good socially. The United Kingdom. Great Britain. Wow. Look at that. We've got no good ideas, apparently, even for Michael Moore. And I I used to think we were quite a liberal country. No, (laughs) apparently we've got nothing worth stealing. No, it's that. That's when you know you're a little bit morally bankrupt as a nation. That Michael Moore can't even steal any of your good ideas. It's like America without guns, is what it's, it is. What one hundred percent true is. It's Amer- <laughs> the only thing that when I went to the states, I went, "What is different here?" Now I saw a couple of cops with guns in a pizza place in New York, and that was weird just to see a gun holster on the back of a chair in a fucking pizza hood. Do you know what I mean? You've only ever seen these things in movies, and she's just like going up to the buffet yeah, yeah. while it's sat there. And then um, I was looking around, I was like, what's different about the streets? And I was like, that's it. There's no bookies. There's no bookies on the streets of America. If, you, if you're in, in this country, you will see a William Hill, a Ladbrokes, a Coral, a Bet Fred, a fucking Paddy Power. If yeah, there's yeah. a Weatherspoons, they start surrounding the Weatherspoons like the Weeping Angels from Doctor Who. Like they. <laughs> There was one I worked. I worked in a Ladbrokes. I like what you've done. There is you've worked in Doctor Who to a socio-political comment. That's very oh, good. I, well, I got to be honest. I thought that weep. Great observation. I that weeping angels line in 2012, and there's just not been an audience nerdy enough to be able to say it out loud. So I'll say it to you and get, and take the endorphin from that joke working. That's the Sally Sparrow episode. A, another one like that. Yeah, it is the the Sparrow one. And so. The Italian holiday time compared to us. If you have a family, you bet. If you have a family, you would better go in January first and tell them you want next Christmas off. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not happening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's yeah. a bun fight to do so. Uh, and you... when he holds that up against what what the Italians say in the film, and then he says he's just looking at them and he's incredulous. He's like, "You what? Yeah. What What do you mean you you get time off for your baby?" And they said, well, it's really important in society that we have babies and we make them happy. So we also go home every day for a two hour lunch. And I'd like to point out, I've done a lot of work with Italians. I worked in network support and the Italian office for two to three hours a day would shut down. And you'd be phoning them up going, the whole network's down and it's you. You've got to do this to put the routing back in. Well, don't have a network problem between half 11 in the morning and 2.30 in the afternoon because those guys are not going to be around to help. And it always shocked me. My last job, I was a facilities manager. If you do a facilities pro- project in July, you're not getting that furniture until at least late September because the whole of Italy shuts down in August and they all go on holiday. Oh, yeah. And do you know what? I love it. What a great idea. What an absolutely great, made my job hell, but it means we had to buy British. Do you know how hard that is? I, <laughs> That's I, I really know. hard oh, to buy oh. British made furniture, like for an office. It's it's near on impossible. The Italians yeah. are the only one who's making anything in Europe, it seems. And then, so it, it, the, the thing is, I mean, you say like, oh, well, that's all well and good. It must be a thriving economy. 
but they then show the social impact of this isn't negative on the business because there's so less no. sick days. And yeah. even, like, I mean, this should be the main thing because uh, a, a reoccurring theme of this documentary is um, those countries take stress seriously. Very seriously. The impact yeah. of stress and for mental health. So you have less sick days. The Italians are not getting ill. They stick with their job. Since they feel valued, the, the output is way, 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 way better. Yep, and, absolutely. Um, also, it, it made me want to live in Italy. That's all yeah. it did. I was, and I've never. Italy is one of the few countries I've not spent a lot of time in. I don't know why. Why am I not? Yeah, I. I don't think I'm good looking enough to live in Italy. That was I think exactly that's going to be my point. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> our last could find some of the slick back hair and hairy palms just like me very quickly, and I'll just be left on my own. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'd, I'd be single really. within a... Yeah, I'd land in the afternoon, I'd be single by the evening. She would have dumped me and gone, well, this guy seems much nicer. I would have dating apps for Dungeons and & Dragons and Flat Earthers, hoping <laughs> hoping for an, a, a connection. She says, uh, the factory but, owner says, uh, it's not about the money. I want to. I want people to work for me who are happy. That makes the company happy. It's good for society. It's good for everybody. And for it being good for society, um, this should be the main goal of everyone across the world. Life expectancy is at least four years above everywhere yeah, else. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the owner of the factory says, no, it's our pleasure that they take that much time off. Because don't forget, the owner of the factory, they also take that much time off as well how relaxed were the those people he goes to the ducati motorbike factory and the ceo is like yeah come in yeah we'll have a chat there's no egos there's no nothing he's like no i want my employees to be happy it was great what a what a bloody great country yeah the juxtaposition is and here's america and he basically he shits all over america which and that's the whole film repeated for every country he goes to uh, so it's, as an example for American, it's zero to two weeks, usually unpaid vacation. They talk about the paternity leave and the USA's paternity leave is the same as Papua New Guinea's. Yeah. Which, wow. Yeah, I, I did, I did to, to, to play devil's advocate, would that be like walking into a top pharmaceutical company in this country? They tell you about all the things like flexi time and this, that, and the other they've got, and then we then take that as a as a rounded up version of what it's like over there. Do you know what I mean? Because because one thing he's talking about is the American no, middle, middle class. So he's talking about how the middle American middle class is destroyed because they're too busy with uh, medical costs and all that kind of right, thing. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So our middle class is obviously above the level of work I do. So if I was, so if someone was to show me a documentary where they go into like a, a top performing business in central London and talk about the rights their staff have, is that across the board or has he found the company that does that? Does that make sense to you? In Italy, you mean? He's yeah, found in that. Italy. Yeah. So has he I, found I, the I, one I, that sounds great or is that sure. like that for everyone in Italy? And you're saying, from what you're saying, it sounds across the board. It does sound across the board because so, the companies I work for in the UK, They've been superb. And all of the, in fact, all of the ideals that are highlighted throughout this film, all the good points, I equated all of those to the companies I've been a part of. 
Mm. So I think I've I've been really lucky because I've got mates who shit all over the companies they they've worked for, whereas I've I'm the complete opposite. Um, they've genuinely been an absolute joy to work for. They really have. I've I've got no complaints. But as you know, Rick, you've worked with me for a while now. I'm very easily pleased. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You actually have like uh, guilt from having a successful job and you were having a breakdown a month yeah. or so ago saying you wanted to work yeah, in yeah. an Amazon warehouse. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, just to find out what it's like on the other side. I want to have an employer I can complain about. I think that's what I want. So he then moves on to France. Now, I haven't seen this, but the opening clip of how he describes France was was that from the film Talladega Nights? Talladega Nights, yeah, yeah. Ricky Bobby. Talladega and, Nights, yeah. And it was that Sasha Baron Cohen? Yeah, yeah, that's Ali G there. Who said, yeah, I'm French. We've given the world... It's a great scene. Cooking, democracy, and blowjobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you got Will Farrell's like, chimichanga, that's from Mexico. <laughs> Chinese food. That's from China. I, I'm, I'm going to have to watch that film now. I really... Uh, That's one of his yeah, best. Yeah, because John C. Riley says, blowjobs. Mm, well done, yeah. France. And uh, whenever I see John C. Riley, I think a few different decisions, and he would have been in that Chicken People documentary. Oh, yeah. Hands down. But he would he's, have won. He's, he's got the face of a hat. He's got the face of a hatchaholic as John C. Riley. He's... <laughs> <laughs> what I liked when Michael Moore was in France was he sat down with some French school children who were being fed what looked like a superb meal. Mm. They're clearly not comfortable with him. He tries to speak French to them, which terrifies them. And then he says to the little girl, because they're all drinking water, he went, have some Coca-Cola. She's like, yeah, I'm all right, thanks. And he's like, have some Coca-Cola, have it. And he, he forces this poor little French girl to drink it. Because the kids are well-trained. No oh. stranger danger. And he's sitting at our table and he's forcing her to have a drink. The They're difference. like, please go away, mister. We don't want no trouble here, but we do want you to go away if that's possible. Exactly. But the difference between their attitudes at that age towards nutrition compared to ours. Do you remember the famous clip of Jamie Oliver's school dinners? Yeah. When he's trying to get this kid to eat a, a, a celery wrap and offers him £100 and he says no. Yeah. And then you have... Where, where were me and you for that gig? <laughs> I know. I'll take that rap over here, Jamie. It, that's in cash, right? Yeah. That's... yeah. But it was a very, very iconic scene. And I, compared to how young... Because the kid in France is even younger and won't have Coca-Cola. And then yeah. pe- people, if you're, if you're about to put money on the fucking Qatari World Cup, don't bet on England, all right? Because our kids were all Coca-Cola and cider at 14. <laughs> And you wonder why Kylian Mbappe is destroying our fullbacks, all right? Yeah, like the- you wonder why the French have won the World Cup more times than us. It comes from their childhood where they're fed proper food. And it wasn't a private school that he's at. And th- that food looked superb. They have three to four courses. Actually, they have three courses plus cheese. Because their, their ethos, and this is systemic, and you can tell it's grown over time and helped. So their ethos is lunchtime isn't a break, it's a lesson. So they use yeah. that as a nutrition lesson. So mm. so you so you learn about food and you learn to be civilized and you learn to sit and enjoy the meal. Which yeah, again, superb. Compared to what we ate at school, you just if you couldn't be asked to queue, you grabbed a couple of chocolate brownies and went to the vendor. Do you know what I mean? Where yeah, the, yeah. the vendors are outlawed in in French schools. You're not allowed them. 
There's no vending machines. Absolutely. So we're literally like poisoning our kids and stuff like yeah. that with, with that stuff. It's fascinating the attitude they have towards it and the difference it makes. And he's quite Once, funny because he says, uh, <laughs> he says, you know, it's bad when the French pity you. <laughs> what a great line what a great great line because once a month the school chef yeah that's right I said chef not fucking dinner lady having a tab while over <laughs> over the deep fat fryer yeah the, the school chef goes and sits down with a member of the government like literally from the mayor's office to discuss the menu the kids will yeah. be eating to ensure this goes this way and Michael Moore purposely picked a school in a deprived area yeah, he did say that. He goes, this is actually a poor area. Yeah, this is a low-income area. This isn't a private school. This is a national necessity. And and then, again, so and you see America worries about the spin on these things. So you see CNN reports of talk about how much the French pay in taxes. And there's something like 8% yep. more tax they'll pay than American. Yeah. But the French also get free health care, this, that, free trans, like the bullet trains, Childcare. It's awesome. And he then says, and Americans also get that, but they have to pay a subsidy for it. And he, he then does the graphic where, you know, the Americans are paying much, much higher. And he mm. goes, just in America, we just don't call it tax. That's the difference. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds like France support the arts. Now, yeah. what that means is, Rick, if me and you were French, not only would we be, I'm going to have to go with 400% sexier, but... Our, when we decide to get into the arts and become comedians, we would be supported by society because laughter is important. Not like that in the UK or in America. I think there was a time it was in the UK because I remember I've heard Stuart Lee talk about you could get an arts grant being a comedian in London and that would help you if you rent. Oh, okay. So the reason why, and this isn't a soapbox thing, because anyone who makes it to a level on TV, by Christ, have they put in miles? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they've put in the work. There will be people that jump out further because they've got star quality and quicker, but yeah. that anyone you've seen on TV, whether you're not like I'm a comedian, or trust me, they have been to the far ends of this country many times for free to, to get to yeah. that point. To play to two people in a pub. The reason why there is a disparity between working class comics and middle class comics is working class folk can't stick in it long enough yeah, at all. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at the, the, the cost of take, I mean, and again, what we were talking about with employers' rights and working hours and things like that, if I was working in the bookies, I get my shifts on the Friday for the next week and there's no debating when I'm in and when I'm not. That's right. your shift or you're fired. And then you have to book a gig due to the oversaturation and how many people are applying for gigs. About would you say about two or three months in advance usually if it's not a yeah, promoter yeah. mate who needs someone. So yeah, then yeah. you'd have to try and book a gig and then hope that it falls on a day off, which spoiler alert, it's not going yeah, to yeah. <laughs> then I have It will never so go your bridges. way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that is why there's a disparity. But the way they do it in France just looks incredible. And then they show you American lunches, which is just processed foods. Ugh, yeah. And and usually now they're, they're sold out to franchises, so they'll have Pizza Huts and McDonald's in schools. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. good for business. Well, it's good for their business. And I don't know why they always bring this up, and I'm sure I'm going to 
get people teaching me afterwards. But they then bring up teen pregnancy rates. Now, in France, they talk about they talk about sex, how important it is to a relationship. And these two were like, what were they, 12, 13 year old? 13 years old, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they were going, OK, well, let's start talking about contraception. Here's why it's important that you listen to your partner. You know, you're not coerced into it. You, you talk openly, the pair of you. This is a lesson. And not one of those kids looked uncomfortable. Mm. I was uncomfortable watching it. That's how that's how tight we are in the, in Britain about this sort of stuff. Yeah, and the the idea that um, they are talking about uh, literally sounded like about how to make love, or, 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 yeah. or the act of like uh, of how to t- be honest in communication with your partner, yeah, uh, to give and to receive and to things like that. And then again, it, it probably comes down much more similar in this country what you experienced or what I experienced is. It's it's a picture of herpes and yeah, a and, banana uh, with a condom on it. Yeah, don't get her pregnant. I, I was just embarrassed watching it. That's how sex is, is in Britain. But they bring up the teen pregnancy rate and then they show it for America versus France. And it's how and then they put the senator in America who's defending abstinence oh. as a method. And they say to the French woman, well, why don't you talk about abstinence to stop teen pregnancies? And she looks at him like he's an idiot and she just says, abstinence doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, obviously doesn't. Obviously yeah. doesn't. And, and the guys, this is why religion needs to be taken out of politics because you know that's the... And schools. And yeah. schools, yeah. Because that, Yeah, that is absolutely. What is, and yeah. let me tell you from my life, my own personal experience, abstinence yeah. works. And it's just like, it doesn't look... <laughs> We That's and the guy in the interview is just like we are in yeah. the state with the highest teen pregnancy because we teach yeah. abstinence. And he goes, no, <laughs> it just shuts down because they've got that hard yeah. line. Doesn't want to hear it. And then they move after France. They go to Finland. Now I'll tell you why I love Finland, Rick. Firstly, it's where the Moomins are from. Do you remember the Moomins? I've got a thing about the Moomins. Tell me about the Moomins. Yeah, the Moomins are just awesome, right? They're just these really cute. They look like hippopotamus. And what's not to love about a hippopotamus? And also, I've been to to Finland. I went there for uh, my ex's brother's wedding. Now, they were Irish, my ex's family. And they loved to drink. And I loved to drink. None of us, not one of us, had a patch on the finish. <laughs> Those people can drink. <laughs> I mean, proper drink. Even I was shocked. And I'm normally last person standing. Nope, not even close. And this is with the Irish. I could almost hold my own with the Irish. Nope, none of us held our own with the Finnish. God, they can drink. God, they're great fun. Absolutely great fun. And what do they have? They've got the best education in the world. And America's number 29. I don't know how Britain's doing. We weren't even on the charts. We're going to moonwalk that back for a second because my thing about the uh, the movements is I was dating a girl uh, up in Glasgow and her flatmate really liked her course mate. So the guy really liked one of uh, the ex's friends. and right. she And she was from Finland. And the only point of reference he obviously made was about the movements to try and gain conversation over time um <laughs> so but it clearly just it never grew into what he hoped it would but what would happen is every time she went back to finland she would come back with like a movement annual <laughs> for him 
and you'd have to see him be like, that's amazing. And you're like, look, he's not that interested in the fucking movements. Can you click to this, please? This is painful. It was you, love, not the movements. That was just a device to get your attention. But yeah, so Finland, they're there because they have officially the best education. Yeah, they have no homework. They've got the shortest school day in the world. They have the school shortest school year in the world. And they do significantly better by doing less. Here's the thing. But they didn't invent the Big Mac, did they? Or McDonald's. They invented, uh, well, they had Nokia from Finland. And that crumbled. So, um, you know. I think Snake 2 still stands the test of time. Uh, Hands down. One of the best games ever. Yep, I'll give you that. Well done, Finnish. Thank you. The thing is with Finlanders, I think that might be one of those smoke and mirrors things. All right. Because... Well, what the, the Finnish are talking themselves up. You can imagine it politically because we don't do tester exams and all of a sudden we're the best. How are you the best? <laughs> if you're not testing. If you're not doing tests. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, no, he's really good at climbing trees. 100% pass rate because no one's allowed to fail in Finland. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. Is that a statistical manipulation of the numbers? No, like that's the, a, that is a very good point. Like the crime stats in the wire. <laughs> yeah, no, but, that's really good. The Finnish teachers are shocked when he's explaining the system to them. And he says, in America, there is no poetry being taught. And you could see a teacher's heartbreaking at that. But someone's teaching poetry because there's a lot of rap music coming out of America. It's bloody good rap as well. And rap is only poetry to a great beat. That's all it is. So someone's teaching poetry to someone. Yeah, I don't think the NWA were in an English lit class to learn that, though, Matt. <laughs> oh, but you dig deep enough. Someone, someone studied the greats. But what about when he goes? To, <laughs> what about when he goes to Slovenia, and he says Slovenia's got free university, even for people from abroad. Yeah, there's, there's, that's the same with um, Finland as well. So all schools are equal. There's no private schools. So parents yep. have to be okay with paying the, the tax on the education because their kids are getting what what everyone's getting. And they say it has a greater social impact because when the rich yep. kids end up owning businesses, they know the people that they're going to be employing and yep. see them as people, not like numbers. And they Which do have I a great think... society in Finland. They really do. From from the six days I was there, drinking like you wouldn't believe. Um, the number of people in... I think Finland has more lakes than any other country in the world. And we went to this family's uh, lake house. Apparently, the majority of Finnish society have a lake house, right? And uh, yeah, you just go there, you have a whale of a time. Then you just, It was only like an hour from their own house, but it was, oh, it was lovely, man. It, the whole... And then... They interviewed the last thing, the last thing on Finland, because it, it's literally just the, the the style, their style of education that's working and the involvement with the kids. But there's a US teacher who's out there, and and it, he interviews her, and it shows you her. It's not her experience, because it's not her footage, but she describes it, and they've got footage of it of basically inner city kids having to go through metal detectors to see if they're carrying guns and knives yeah. to go in, and the yeah. difference of the levels of stress on it is. Yeah, and then again, so it's educational when you're off, off to Slovenia. The Slovenia bit pissed me off, right? Because Michael Moore, he's a global brand, right? People mm-hmm. would have heard of him. So he gets an audience with the president of Slovenia, right? That's Borat Pahor. And when he meets him, he keeps his hat on, 
doesn't even wear a suit. Where's your respect for the office? They've all dressed up for you. Everyone was in their Sunday best. But Michael Moore is in his baseball cap, a shabby old, what, what did you call it? Harry dresses the, a dressed down millionaire. Yeah, yeah, he's a dressed down he's, millionaire. He's meeting a president of a country. Yeah. Respect the off. He, he just came across as just a, a, a brash American. But it, it, he did, but he's also probably just give Slovenia the best PR they've ever had. Yeah, he did. If that yeah. makes sense. Um, and it shows you the American student, because also it's only the UK and the US that charge tuition fees. Yeah. He was showing uh, the list of all the countries. When he said, and he said, you know, America's really bad. Look at all the great countries that do whatever he was highlighting at the time. The United Kingdom didn't show up in any of those oh God, things. No. We we were th- we are side by side by America. It's shocking, absolutely shocking. And because uh, our universities kind of exploded uh, under Tony Blair, so Tony Blair's whole thing was education, education, education. Yeah, and everyone has a right to go to go to university, but it wasn't making university fees free. That was a deal with the banks that everyone has a right to get a student loan. Mm. So that was uh, that, that, that. that's kind of had a knock-on effect. Because then, basically, like what I did, uh, a lot of courses then become hobbies. So people come in and then it's, a, yeah. again, a famous phrase of the podcast. What are you going to say there, Matt? Bums on seats. So bums, bums on, on seat seats business. business. That's what university is in the UK. Well, what about when he goes to one of my favorite countries on the planet? He goes to Germany. Another one where... The employee rights is uh, fantastic. I mean, this going back to the Italian employee rights, there was actually one conversation with a guy who didn't make it seem like it was Willy Wonka's chocolate factory, but actually talked about how the unions got convicted and went to jail yeah. and fought, like, standing, fighting for these rights. And um, they're only there on the, on the blood and the hard work and the sweat of all the people who put their lives on the line to fight for those rights that they're now enjoying. It and was I, beautifully done. It and was, I think when you mention unions and Italy, I think they've got a little bit more backup than other countries. <laughs> <laughs> so what I loved about Germany, right, when I lived there, so the first time I lived there, you could take two old five pence pieces, uh, sorry, no, just one old five pence piece from the United Kingdom, and it would be the equivalent of a Deutschmark which was about, if I'm not mistaken, about 33 pence. So that means for 20 English pence, you'd put that in. That would be the equivalent of about a pound 50, which meant you could pick up a packet of cigarettes for 20 pence because we were feeding the the fag machine with these five pence pieces. You know your audience. I like that. Oh, mate, they had... um, they had six, you could buy six bottles of EQ beer, that's E-C-U, and that was 99 fennigs. So that means for a, for a pound, you could get hammered and have a packet of fags. That, Germany is hands down one of the best countries on the planet. And also when I lived there next time, they had a vending machine that sold superb German wheat beer outside my flat. That's amazing. Right. Oh, it was great, man. So in Germany, they have to have a certain number of their staff on the board so that they're yeah. represented fairly. Yeah, and it showed you the story of how Volkswagen showed like the, the staff mm. revolted in terms of their working practices. Yeah. Uh, and uh, shut them down. 
And the one that got me is um, any stressed German can get a f- free three-week trip to a spa. Yeah. <laughs> Superb. I've got one experience of being in a spa. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, you don't look like spa material. I'm not. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm honestly not, but it was our you anniversary. Not, you're not their demographic. God, no. Anniversary, and we talked about it on Holders in how it looked like it would be nice to do and things like that. And there is there is a whole lot of me not wanting to do stuff. So I, I at times I, I try and make be not me for a day. <laughs> Basically, just get through it. <laughs> get out and your it, own way to save your relationship. So we were panicking last last minute. Fine, we looked at all these different places, and we found one that was like a, a re- had a reasonable price deal on it for the next day. And uh, so we turned up the next day. I think it was Epsom Le- Leisure Centre. Oh, okay, yes, just down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so we go in. And it's, it's again, I didn't click to what we'd booked up to. I'm expecting what I'd seen on holiday, like these wonderful manners that you see. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, Like, so yeah. these wonderful manners, you go in, you get given a cocktail or something. And no, no, it's a fucking leisure center. So we have to go in and explain <laughs> to the people that we're there for the spa. And then so we have to walk through the gym, which looked like the longest yard. There was like teenagers with tattoos <laughs> on their face. <laughs> We go into this weird little room and it said, right, you can come use all the facilities. And then uh, when you're done with that, you can, we'll have, I think, like a, a facial thing and, and um, a massage, couple's massage. What do you mean all the facilities? What, you could go and have a game of volleyball? In infrared sauna, they've got a special jacuzzi for relaxation. One or two, like, and it was small as well. So it was small enclosed space, and they had like their jacuzzi, their their kind of thermal shower, a sauna. Okay. And we, so we go in. This tells happy anniversary. Did they have those clear glass things so members of the public can see what you're doing? You know, like uh, you do in a gym when yeah, no, a lot no, of it's on show to the rest of the world. So you're you're in like a little weird room off the gym. So we go right, in, and so it's enclosed, so no one can yeah. see you. So you do have a Thank level of privacy. Well, I get to that. So basically, um, <laughs> they go, "Oh, great, you're here." Um, yep. I tell you what, give me a minute. I just need to go and warm warm the birthday party that's in there. And I went, "You what?" They goes, "Yeah, well, there's a there's a birthday booking in there, but uh, we'll just tell them that you're coming in to use the facilities as well. It'll be fine." And I went, "No, you're fucking not." There's no way I'm going into some like you know middle-aged woman's birthday party. They're all eating cake in the jacuzzi, and I've just got to be comfortable <laughs> with me nipple hair blowing in the fucking bubbles. <laughs> yeah, away from them. So, so I instantly I shut down. Like, I just said, and I've got this kind of like low. Fr- You'll. I'm not the easiest person to understand at the best of times outside of the northeast, and even in the northeast, I'm. I know I mumble. I know I'm a bad talker. So I've got like a frequency. I'll talk to Alaska. I ain't fucking doing that. Like, <laughs> and she has, she has exactly what I'm saying at that point as well. So, so here's what they did. They went, okay, right. I goes, look, don't worry about it. We'll wait until our the things we booked was in an hour's time. We're not using the facilities. We'll go downstairs and wait. Went down. You're not going to mess up someone's birthday. Well done. Well, it was my day. I didn't want it messed up. I don't give a fuck about them. But. And I just want to say it was so impact, close, close impact. And just being yeah, in a jacuzzi, yeah. oh, fucking couldn't stand it. You don't want to be in so, a jacuzzi with strangers. That's not, e- yeah. Exactly. All right. And, and I, 
I spend a lot of time during the day not looking in a mirror, all right? I don't need to be walking around with me fucking stomach and hairy nipple zoo to know yep. exactly how pasty I am. So we went downstairs, waited the hour, came back up, and they goes, okay, very sorry about that, okay? They give us a glass of champagne, and then they went, uh, so here's your dressing gown and slippers. Go and get changed, come back here. So now I've got to walk out through the prison yard gym. <laughs> Into the changing rooms, <laughs> which I'm now getting uh, changed in, and the locker key they give me won't lock. So, oh. so I've got to come out in me dressing gown, in me punk fluffy fucking flip-flops, and tell these people I can't lock the door. And so we had all that as a whole to do. And then when I finally got done, it wasn't even a couple's massage. So I was just left in the room with this weird... Wo- it was just, I hated every fucking second of what it. What about right? your lass? Uh, she she wasn't impressed with it either. She's been to actual spars, yeah, not okay. Eb- not Leather Center. But when they done my massage, since uh, apparently the lady giving her a massage talked about a whole life, I get put in this little waiting room, just in a dressing gown on, like, on a leaned back lit chair i know yeah yeah and it's hard to keep your bollocks tucked in so you have to sit forward (laughs) and there's this one woman in there and (laughs) and it is a dark creepy candlelit room just of you and this like woman you've never met before who's waiting for her to go and do her stuff i have never read a fucking vogue more intently just to seem like i'm supposed (laughs) to be there i was so i was checking me watch she was like an extra 30 minutes to me if the massage well that that is me what did you say to her were you like what's your husband don't like you either love (laughs) no no not at all she was happy because there's not normally creepy blokes there going can i leave you i just i don't want to be here anymore (laughs) just let me fucking leave but i had to wait um yeah, so that's, that's so my... luckily for the Germans, they wouldn't send their stressed people to that spa. I was so they jealous. A... Well, they know what's going on, right? They genuinely know what's going on. I adore Germany. I like Germans. What got me about the German bit was the German town of Nuremberg have installed the Jews are forbidden signs so that people don't forget about the war. Mm. What if you weren't aware of that and you happen to go to Nuremberg and you see these signs popping up everywhere going, Jews are not welcome here. Jews have to are only allowed to shop in this shop for such an <laughs> amount of time. They're going to think, hang on, this is all starting off again. What's going on? Can you imagine it just seemed that a weird art thing. It just seemed so weird. There were so many other things that could be done to show art. Didn't understand that at all. I'd be amazed of the Jewish family that went to holiday to Nuremberg and were surprised at any anti-Semitic historical signs. No, they mentioned it on TripAdvisor, but I didn't think... <laughs> like, I I think it's ingrained in them of, of what went on there, and they surely understand. But they do show a lot of footage of that. I think whenever you yeah. see the Germans in a, in a, in a global context, uh, you, everyone knows what comes to mind. And them showing their, their not hiding away from the history of it and making Absolutely. sure it doesn't repeat... It, yeah. it is a wise thing to do because, I mean, I know nothing about, from the British education system, I know nothing about the what's called the Troubles in Ireland, which yeah. that's always a very telltale sign of we weren't probably the good guys in that one. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like, Are we the Viet- bad guys? Yeah, you're the bad guys. Yeah. Vietnam movies is a great point. I've, I've thought of Vietnam movies for America. America whitewashes history a hell of a lot. In Vietnam movies, you never see air the beginning of the war 
That's right. Yeah. You never you never see Jean-Claude Van Damme or Stallone fighting with the leader of the Vietnamese army because it's just people they're fighting. That's right. Yeah, yeah. A and lot they just, of people. And they just cover it over with cool music. That's why the best music comes from the and Vietnam montage. Time. Yeah. Montage and, Viet- and the best music just to get around it. He gave but, a great quote, uh, Michael Moore. I am an American. I live in a great country that was born on genocide and built on the back of slaves. Oh, that was powerful. Because he'd done that sort of in referencing how open Germany was about their past and how they must learn, you know, lest we forget. And we must learn so we can go on and and build a better society. And he said, look, America doesn't do that. They just don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Look at the problems America's got, right? And, And America does some great stuff. Absolutely superb stuff. Look at their film and entertainment industry. Who's entertained us? It's America. They're bloody great at it. They're just not good at acknowledging their past. But man, they can make a great film. And employee rights. It's all because I think it's a quote from the TV show West Wing, where he says the problem with America is actually because of the American dream and this ideology everyone buys into. You can't get people to vote on tax reform and healthcare because everyone in America believes someday they will be a billionaire or the goal is to be a billionaire yeah, yeah. and then they plan ahead for when they're in that situation as opposed to let's start, you know, banning guns and <laughs> and everything that's wrong with America that you see in all the more documentaries. Yeah, it, as I said at the beginning, it, it, the documentary should be called Great Ideas from Other Countries. Let's adopt yeah. them. Because yeah, when and, he goes to Portugal... Oh, there's one more thing from Germany I, I just want to quickly say. So in Germany, it is illegal for a boss to call you outside of working hours. Yep. So if your boss calls you when you're on sick, you can phone the police on them. How fucking incredible is that? Yeah, yeah. I would have abused that too much. It would have been taken away. But when he's leaving Germany, I think the scene's great because you see him on the plane and it's all the hills and the nice music. It's like the end of Jurassic Park. <laughs> but he's been looking at fair workers' rights, but it's just like, oh, we've survived it. And da 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 da. When I worked in Germany, um, I would always work past five o'clock. And they gave me a lot of shit, right? The Germans. They really did give me a lot of shit. Because if you look out the window at five o'clock, especially in the financial district, everybody clocks off and they all leave. There's tens of thousands of people leaving and heading home. And I would stay, and I'm going to carry on working. I had nothing to go home for apart from the vending machine that sold great beer outside my door. Um, And I get it now why they're doing it because they're like, no, we fought for these rights and you're undermining it by working another couple of hours. But they genuinely, they were really pissed off that I would always, and they'd come in in the morning um, and I would have done, you know, the job. And they were like, no, this, you, you've got it wrong. And it's only now, sort of 20 years later, that I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, those guys were right. Yes, it's the, it's the greater good, isn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But when he goes to Portugal um, and he talks about, so the good idea from Portugal is they've decriminalized all drugs. And he says to some, some cops, I've got coke. And they look at him, right? Because he's clearly lying. You do not get that big by having a lot of cocaine on you. That's just not happening. (laughs) And and he tells, um, there's a guy there, right? Nino Capes. And this is, again, he's being disrespectful to the office. 
because this guy works in the Ministry of Health in Portugal. And Michael Moore says, you look like a drug user. <laughs> Listen, again, you're being a brash American. You're just rude, sir. What are you doing? Stop being rude. This is why people don't like Americans I, I in think, Europe. I think he's having to inject some comedy into it is what I think. Because it is just, oh, shit, everything's just better elsewhere. It, it, well, uh, yeah, that's the uh, whole film him, is my country's not great. Yeah, him playing the bullish American, but he's doing it like you said in the beginning, tongue in cheek, totally. But yeah, you don't expect him to be doing yeah. that too. But so they say they've they sort of decriminalized the usage of drugs. I think selling drugs is still illegal, but I think there is difficult to prosecute them because they can say hmm. that it's personal use. Um, and it's funny because I've just watched a ten-part series on Madeleine McCann last year. Right. Madeleine McCann case, and uh, this could just be due to the laziness of the Portuguese police as why they've decriminalised <laughs> drugs. <laughs> uh, I seem like I would fit into the Portuguese... What, what, what are you spending all your time on? Drugs. Okay, they're legal. What's what's up next? F- football violence. Okay, we, let's make that legal as well then. Yep, absolutely. And a bit like, you know, my, my comments on uh, the Finnish being the best at education, but not taking exams... And they go, yes, well, you see, drug uses has went down in Portugal. Uh, and you go, yeah, but has the recording of drug usage also went down because you're not arresting yeah, yeah. people? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can rip into this. Because what I liked was um, basically drugs as the 80-20 rule, but it's uh, it was a 90-10 it's a rule. So 10% of drug takers are the problem, whereas the rest of the drug takers, the 90%, they're just doing fine. And I think that's mm. great. Yeah, sadly, that's a very adult way to look at it. It is. Sadly, I was one of the 10% when I was a drug taker. So, uh, yeah, I was part of the problem. But drugs are good. I'm, I'm a big fan of drugs. I don't and use them anymore, but I'm still a big fan of them. I think they're, uh, they do more good than bad. And but that's also, a statement for the that's a statement for the advert for the that's, show. That's the clip, yeah. Matt Wills endorses drugs. <laughs> so Portugal's... Um, Michael Moore then takes it on an American um, kind of left turn where he explains uh, drugs is used to lock up people of color in America, yeah. pretty much. And they even went into statistics of how much cocaine would get you in jail compared to crack cocaine. Yeah. And then also he, he, he darts, because he darts across so many things, it just seems fucking horrifying in America. And I, you, you do even... not want to live in America after watching this. This is not a come to America uh, pop piece, a puff piece, sorry, where, yeah. you know, you're like, God, America seems like a great country because it seems like a God awful country. Hey, it better be the land of opportunity because I smoke 30 a day. So let's let's get, let's get give the odds on me at some point finding the tumor I don't want to fucking find there. I got to yeah, find yeah. 250 grand at least to have a chance of stabilizing it. It's it's just not feasible to ever <laughs> no, that's live right. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, you're down uh, and out, my man. So he goes into the privatizations of the prisons and how mm. this is how they now have slave labor. Because yeah. in the prisons, they and I showed you the companies that use them. That that was a fucking shock. So that, the prison, yeah. so call centers are now operated in prisons because they're going to pay them twenty three pence an hour. Yeah. There's Victoria's Secret have stuff they're making in fucking prisons of all all things, and it's again slave labor. They're using it. It's like Shawshank. Yeah, they're getting away with the the slave labor trade, and in a, and in Portugal, since it's universal health care, 
you can be treated for your drug addiction, which is also something you don't have. So if you're a druggie in America, you need a rich family to put you into a program. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to be there doing bicep curls at well, Epsom Le- Leisure Center. <laughs> There's a great quote that the uh, one of the cops in Portugal says, human dignity is the backbone of our society in Portugal. How great was that? And then, yeah, he, yeah. He, then he clips to Americans being beaten up by their by their uh, prison guards, which again is just harrowing. It, yeah, the American stuff—it just America can't be that horrible. The way Michael Moore paints it, it can't this, be. It is, and the stuff you see is probably what you think Guantanamo Bay is like. Mm. Do you know what I mean? In terms of the the brutality to the prisoners and things, that's about as much as of the info you've got out on that, and that's on a a black site away from it. So it's out of their jurisdiction. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about so, when they shows the prisons in uh, Norway? Well, this is the next one. So it leads in very well showing what Americans like and the Norway prisons. I I was... This is, the I think, probably the biggest talking point of the documentary is the Norwegian prisons. I genuinely wanted to commit a crime in Norway. Yeah, without that, a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. You're basically... Like, so you're put on, like, a paradise island... And it is, do you know, because I don't know if it said this, are all prisons like that in Norway or is this like a test of one they're doing? No, that, so that was what Britain would call an open prison because he then, he then went to a maximum security Okay, so we'll talk about the open one first and then get to that. So on the open prison, it's like, it's an island where you're all in a house, which you have the keys to your own door. There is four guards out of 115 cons. Yep. Uh, it actually rehabilitates people because they want to teach them to be good neighbors. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was uh, it was it was beautiful. You see, seeing the guy in jail for murder and how he he's just learning, and the only thing they take away is your freedom. And it's yeah. an American rule as well. There is supposed to be no cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah. Yeah. And he if said, where did at, you get that rule from? Uh, we got it from America. Yeah. And then you look at now the overcrowding of American prisons because of the war on drugs. Everything he's saying feeds into the other, and it's fascinating the differences they're getting. And then they go into the maximum security prison, which they have a video, which is the guard singing We Are the World as a as a kind of uh, introduction video. Yeah. If you've ever seen the was, American that Office. That was weird. If you've ever seen the American Office, Michael Michael Scott does it for Scranton. And he does like a rap with uh, the the Gareth character in the American Office. It's fucking hilarious, but it's it's honestly as cheesy as that. It's like it's it's it is cheesy and a bit un- I felt uncomfortable watching that video. I don't know why. I was like, "Ooh, that's a bit." And they're doing this for the prisoners. Yeah, and they have their own showers there as well, which is a huge thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Norway prison seems very relaxed, and I'm. I'm occasionally right wing. I'm occasionally liberal and occasionally left wing. But as a, the libertarian in me, yeah, I was like, "Well, that just that just seems a bit too nice." They are criminals. <laughs> I mean, get, come on, we have to. It's is that their only punishment? Well, it's is, it's taking away the freedom and it's also um, rehabilitating. That that the end goal is the rehabilitation. Yeah. Because of uh, their reoffending rates are incredibly low. Yeah, I think it's because none of them people are trying to escape back into prison when they get on the outside. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't send me back. I actually, I was, um, I was in love with a girl from Norway, 
So uh, I've um, I've never been there, but yeah, I just she's one of the prettiest girls I've ever seen in my life, and she was funny and lovely. And uh, yeah, we're gonna have to cut that bit out. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe that's maybe this is a flare gun for attention you can this fire is- up into the ether on the podcast, and there's some Viking sat there going, "I knew, I knew he still felt this way." <laughs> Oz Hill, if you're listening, uh, how are you? <laughs> but uh, but again, it always juxtaposes with America. So they go on. If you're a convict in America or you're an ex-con, you can't vote. Yeah, that's right. You're, yeah, uh, your rights are taken away. So again, that is voter suppression. So if you think, mm. if you're looking up most people from a certain community, then your community has less power politically and then you don't prosper and you don't feel at the table and then divide comes. Look at the divide we have at the minute and always have from the sounds of it. But in Norway, candidates like prime minister candidates literally go to the jail to have debates in front of the convicts and they vote first. So that's like... That was amazing. I saw that as like the Edinburgh preview season for... um, (laughs) For politicians, they go. They get their stuff down. <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, I I killed in that prison. No, what I mean by that is, uh... I don't understand why they're not going for the blue stuff in the red states. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and, and that again, it just shows you little things. But the big thing they show you of the prisons, like the prison guards, don't have guns. Uh, they no. say they talk to them to calm them down. Yeah, and then they go on and show Anders Brevik. Now, did you yeah. hear about you? I know you're not a newspaper reader or, or connected anywhere to the world. I, I was because basically that the Norway neo Nazi shooting, uh, fifty four people were killed. That happened the same weekend that Amy Winehouse died, from oh, my right. memory. Just a double um, whammy for you, no? <laughs> well, yeah, and because uh, what what I linked to that at the time was because he was. Yeah, he was neglected by his father, wasn't he? Was that what it was? Yeah. So um, I've, I've got a theory on him. But he he, he got twenty one years. Twenty one years, uh, fifteen before parole or something. Because that's Highest the maximum. Sense. That's the yeah. maximum you can serve. But again, another reason why Michael Moore upset me during this film was he was just baiting one of the the children who died's dad. He was like, "But you you want to kill this guy, don't you?" And the bloke's like. No, why? I don't want him dead. How does that fix anything by us having another dead child? Because the guy who did it was, you know, in all what? in all respects, a child. What a liberal society, man! What? A- and I think what Moore was doing in that, which again, I think Louis Theroux is so much better because he would be walking along beside them, going, "Do you think that um, he should have been in jail for longer, as opposed to being sat down grilling them yeah. like he's interrogating them?" But um, he, I, I see Michael Moore in that point is kind of just talking for the American people. What would be their reservations in mm. this moment? So he can say that to them, and then he can make his point back. Yeah, does that make okay, sense? Yeah. So I understand yeah, that. I don't think uh, but I understand because he's he is very dry witted with this as well. He's not doesn't seem pleasant to be around but i suppose he's nice and then when he's on camera he's talking again with the the kind of parody title of we're invading and taking this but he, he asked the guy it must have been five times but surely you want to and he just kept saying but he killed your child he killed your child there was a great let it go michael let it go son well, he well, said no he means no 
when you're interviewing the father of a child that got shot and your only thing you're going to talk about is that, <laughs> he hasn't got a whole heap of places to go. But when it came to, he says, do you not wish your child had a gun, which is an American you know, yes. uh, yeah, yeah. military industrial complex answer of, and he goes, no, I wish he swam. Yeah. The people who swam survived, unfortunately. Yeah, because they swam, yeah, they swam off the and island. when you look at Anders Breivik, now, when we had the Olympics come to this country, in Kingston, they did the cycling where I live. Now, is it... I yeah, promised, yeah, they did. Of course they did. Yeah, yeah. I promised I'd go down to the market and get the fruit and veg for the week. And I left it, left it, left it. And I got down there and the market was closed for the fucking cycling. So I was going to get shit. <laughs> So I'm looking around trying to find a sign that says the market was closed to prove that he actually fucking went. And um, what was it? I saw the Scandinavian countries. Now, the level of attractiveness oh, God, in those yeah. countries. Yeah. As I said, I was in love with a girl from Norway. Yeah. She was uh, gorgeous. And if you're in that bottom 2% that happened to look like they're from the UK... I guarantee you're going to grow up with some fucking resentment in oh, your heart. God, with, yeah. And yeah. he looks like Dr. Evil. He looks like he was fucking sinister. He had that common mm. part. And uh, yeah, I, I I think he was a ticking time. They should tag ugly people in Scandinavia because they're the ones coming out of assault rifles and a fucking manifesto. <laughs> but even he was in one of these prisons and the whole story of it is the dad agrees with that because... yeah to take his life, then they would be no better than him. Absolutely. And what which, he did was bad, so they don't want to endorse that. Yeah. And he'll be getting out in his lifetime, right? Whereas if that was in America, he wouldn't see the light, literally the light of day ever again. No, no never yeah. again. Um, so yeah, so that, that, that was, that was Norway. So he, he, he done that. And at this point, when he's off to Tunisia, I'm getting the feeling did Michael Moore just want a fucking decent holiday and thought he could slap together a documentary of some shit he knows about workers' rights across Europe? <laughs> yeah, and write it off as a tax thing. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm making we'll, a film. Are we'll you? Travel uh, around. Yeah, we'll, we'll take a camera with me. He, did, he, you don't get to see what the production costs were on this one. I mean, it made four and a half million dollars, which is pretty good, but it's reasonably cheap TV to make. I'm guessing because I'm guessing more time is spent in the editing studio. Mm. And even that's footage from the news and that he's taken anyway. It's yeah, it, yeah. it's a very easily put together documentary. Then he goes to Tunisia, which women's uh, rights superb. Yeah. The women's rights Massive and the way the women protested. Rights. Yeah, when when the women from their protest beat the government, the government said to the women, "Actually, you're right. We're wrong. Would you like us to step down?" That Can you was, imagine our government saying that in this country? Speaking of governments, that was the Islamic party that was majority yeah. lead and they yeah. went you know again so anything we ever hear in, in in the uk about islamic is always fundamental yes or, do you know what i mean like you out in terms of our what comes into our feeds mm. and and then just to hear an islamic party saying well no it's it's peace is more important than bloodshed and yeah. when they were so opposed to this we stepped down like i mean you i think there's going to need a swat team to get trump out of office when he loses the election well there's a there's a billion muslims on the planet right they're not all bad are they that's just the the numbers don't don't, stack up we don't need to go all open my comedy in here like (laughs) one two one two hey guess what guys racism's bad no applause (laughs) fucking racist i can't believe you people 
Like, we don't need to go down that road. Like, let's, if you've listened to us enough now, we're not talking with any hatred in our hearts. And, yeah, yeah, there is that. We don't but need let's to edit move... around. Matt, Matt Wills goes viral saying some Muslims are all right. <laughs> like, we don't need that. We don't need that. Now, Iceland elected the first democratically elected female president in the world, Vigidis Finn Bigadatitor. Um, and just so you know, that is God great. God bless you for having quiz. a go at that. Did not well, even write a single name down in this with my white privilege. Um, well, that's that's just great pub trivia knowledge, right? And they have a rule in Iceland, 40% minimum females on the board and yep. 60% maximum. And the same works for men. It goes both ways, right? It's just such a, again, it's a very fair society. It, it seems fair, again, because campaign money, they were talking about, it's not big showbiz money like what it is in this nope. country like what it is in america and she's this is the only thing that um struck me as a cause she says on the campaign trail she never stayed in hotels she said she slept in children's yeah. beds which given mm. what how a lot of u.s politicians are being found out to be treating is the closest thing they have <laughs> in the financial crash iceland did not do well right 85 percent of the economy was wiped out so their most successful comedian after the crash ran for mayor and he was elected. Yeah, and he became mayor of, uh, was it Reykjavik? Yeah. Uh, just off the back of going, yeah, these guys are crooks. And this is how great, this is why I love Iceland, right? So Iceland effectively almost bankrupted my football club. Oh, really? Yeah. The reason we've got our current owners who, because of, some of the documentaries I've watched, I'm a bigger fan of now. The reason we've got those owners is because we were on the verge of bankruptcy because of what happened to the Icelandic bankers. And then Michael Moore interviews a guy called Olaf Thor Hawkson, and he put the majority of our Icelandic bankers in a prison. Now, to be yeah. fair, it's a Scandinavian prison, so it's not as bad as you'd think, <laughs> but... Um, not all heroes wear capes, my friend, but this one bloody well should go for, go for. So the guys, the guys who basically bought up my football club, almost bankrupted it are doing time and they're doing proper time as well. We got them arrested. And who did he use as guidance and help to get them put away? He used an American. It was just, he kept referencing everything back to, uh, you know, all of these ideas are American. And the, the special pr- the special prosecutor, uh, Thor, looked like the beast from the chase. Ah, nice. Beautiful. Absolutely superb. Good shout. Good shout. I liked them. Well, Iceland as well. If you think how well they've done in the World Cup. So they put us on our arse, right? And there's only 350,000 of them. And what are their footballers doing once uh, after they finish playing at the World Cup? They were going back to their jobs. If I'm not mistaken, the manager of uh, or the, the yeah the manager of the Icelandic national team, I think he's a documentarian. So I think by rights we should probably review one of his documentaries. I don't know. They don't seem like the most charismatic bunch. I really. Oh, I thought they looked fascinating. Isn't it? Is Bjork from Iceland? I'm just trying to think of one Ida Johnson interview, but yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And then so Bjork. the next the next one he goes to, which I think reinforces and this is the last place he goes to as well yeah he goes to germany to the berlin wall yeah he returns to germany because of his time there yeah yeah and and he meets up with a mate of his that was there then but again that just made it seem like a holiday they have one stroll (laughs) (laughs) and it was it was a tax because that way he can he can write his 
mate's holiday off as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll get you on camera. I'll walk past the hole in the wall. Yeah, and we'll don't go worry about it. But, but all in all, when he when he summed up at the end, um, throughout the whole film, I just thought he was rude. I thought he was crass. And then when he summed up at the end, I was like, actually, yeah, that was a very good documentary. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of Michael Moore again. Because and I've watched it, more of his work. It turns out everything proven is actually American ideals. Yeah. And yeah, it was shocking. And on each one of those things... There is something that, that, like, whatever happened for America to go this way or that way, like, all these things that every other country is doing well is an idea from yeah. America. And the the sign-off line of the American dream is alive and well, just not for Americans. Yeah, it was good. Did you watch... Um, I, I know the answer to this, and obviously I'm setting you up here. Did you watch the end credits, Rick? Nah, I knew who, I knew who directed it. What happened? Okay. So uh, <laughs> the end credits, he has... Four, about four or five pages of thank yous, right? And he's got some he's got some uh, comedian heavyweights in there. So Judah Freelander, Chris Rock. On the third thank you page... Discussing documentaries. No. <laughs> no, he has a... <laughs> he has a thank you, Hans Gruber. So he survived the Nakatomi Plaza and he's happily... Well, happy trails, Hans. Happy trails. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I, I like that documentary, man. I did. I knew it would be a decent talking point. Like I didn't throughout, but yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was nice. Uh, well, let's talk about your score then, Rick. I, I'm giving that a solid three point five. It is fascinating to see, and I think it's something that I just wish people would, because the stuff that everything going on politically now we're still not looking at changing. There's not a political party that's going to coming out and saying, I mean, who who wouldn't win a fucking election if they said you could have 35 days paid holidays? Yeah, who, absolutely. Who, who wouldn't, yeah, yeah. like, that? Why, why is this not a platform to jump on? These are doing mm-hmm. it. We, we were in the EU with them, and we never did this shit. Are we going to make it better now that we're not, or we're just going to yeah. have less? And again, I really need this podcast to fucking work out really because retail's getting worse <laughs> and worse um amazon here we come yeah yeah hit hit that buy a coffee button i mean matt got a phone call saying he might have skin cancer during this look at this guy's attitude i can't he's not even taking a sick day of him five minutes i can't compete with that i need a three week three week spa job and then if it doesn't work i'll last let me commit a crime go live on a paradise island Last thing that was great about the Norwegian one is we forgot to show you, the Norwegian Maximum Security Jail has a record label in a recording studio, they which do. I thought yeah. was fucking brilliant. So one of those guys might be talking about documentaries. Yeah. Well, what did he say? It's good for creativity. Yeah. You Again, know, it, all all about mental health as well. It's an underlining theme, mental health and stress yeah. is something that, you know, and, and if you look at Maslow, I, 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 I learned very little in business, but I was apparently cognitive today they talked about maslow's hierarchy of needs and everything in this country i don't think we ever get above survival no at the very bottom rung it's it's, it's not good for the economy is the the reason behind that but as it turns out from these countries actually it's very good for the economy to keep to keep your your society mentally well yeah 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 and the the extra money at christmas all gets put back into the economy for the italians you all spend it it yeah yeah, they don't all go abroad. They go on holiday in Italy, right? Yeah. Of course they would. 
Who doesn't want to go to the Amalfi Coast? But anyway, what's your score? It, it started off with a one and it, it slowly, it's worked its way up to a four because it's quite uplifting. And we get, we got to meet the guy who put the Icelandic bankers in prison. So uh, well done four. I'm giving it a four. I've just, oh, very clever. I like that. Sorry, I stepped over the four. So the Matt had to uh, rent this twice. I don't know if we got it on this podcast, why you rented it twice, but I find it fucking hilarious. Basically, the first time around, he didn't get the HD version for I this documentary. I did so not he, get the HD version. It's it's not Avatar. <laughs> like, it is Michael Moore in a, in a dandruff-ridden T-shirt. But it, it pissed me off. <laughs> why, why are they selling a lower-grade version? I you don't go fact- to your cocaine dealer do you can i have the shit stuff please is it the same price yeah i'll have the shit stuff please no and it's the same price i know but how hard you just hit the peas on being pissed off is the point i'm trying to get to with needing a hd version <laughs> of where to fucking invade next <laughs> quality is everything my friend all right so that's been that's probably been our longest one yet so i recommend you check it out it is an interesting of social impact and things like that and it's an easy watch as well it's not difficult it was an it's, easy it's watch. It's not tough, yeah. to, tough to check out. Uh, basically, the US and the UK uh, don't give a fuck about us. <laughs> so, Yeah, that was quite shocking. Um, so I'm booking a holiday in Italy. I'm going to learn Italian. And Italy, here I come. Thank you very much for joining, joining us on Discussing Documentaries. Say goodbye, Rick. Uh, goodbye, folks. Also, if you would like to criticize uh, Matt's editing of the sound, uh, <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We've got a Facebook page, apparently. Um, and, in the yeah, show notes, all of these stuff is in the show notes if you do want to get in touch with us for whatever whatever reason. Yeah, go for it. Um, I'm going to say goodbye as well then. So, uh, yeah, come and follow us, join us. Don't forget to press subscribe and have a great week. See you next week. 